podcast where we are trying to decide who is the worst decision maker in our relationship. I am Adam and next to me is a very inebriated Ryan. That's correct. <laughs> My name is Ryan and I am inebriated. Yes. Uh, how many how many disgusting concoctions are you in right now? They are so gross. It's all that we had in the house. We knew that we were going to be recording this but we didn't decide to go out and get any good liquor so yeah what did what did uh what did jillian make you jillian didn't make it jillian just handed me bottles and i poured them into a cup (laughs) um so it is um four shots of kirkland vodka okay um, which is costco brand (laughs) and a little bit of espresso vodka some chocolate liqueur and then we put a little splash of oat milk in it Ugh, I know, and I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even smell it, let alone taste it. So I don't know how you were able to stomach like, like this is like activating my gag reflex just, just hearing yeah, what you've been having. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> but it did the trick, right? I guess so. Here we are. Yes, here we are. How are you doing this afternoon, Ryan? I'm doing great. I am. Uh, I am still thinking about the choices that I made directly previous to this episode. Yes. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are recording this the day after Thanksgiving. We are. And we are very thankful for each other and for you listening and. For all the other good things that are happening in our lives. We actually had two Thanksgivings yesterday. We did. We went to my family's uh, Thanksgiving for the daytime, and we had so, so, so much food. Mm -hmm. Like, they had way too many options. My plate was completely full before they even did two pass-arounds of all of the items. I do have to say, we learned that Adam's family calls sweet potatoes yams. I'm not over that. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, fam? I know half of you are listening to this. They're sweet potatoes. <laughs> Yams just sound disgusting. They sound like some orange, like, dumpy vegetable. Which I know sweet potatoes are, but sweet potatoes just, you know, sound sweeter and like, mm, little sweet potato. I don't know why yams immediately make me think of something that you'd feed to like a, a farm animal. Like sweet potatoes are for humans and yams are for lambs. <laughs> lambs are for yams and hams are for children. I don't know. I was actually thinking yaks, but I don't know what a yak looks like. It looks like a yam. It's a yam yak. So it could just be My god, you're the drunk yam. one. Why am I talking like a I don't psycho? Know. <laughs> Long story short, sweet potatoes like when we went back to your place your mom made this absolutely fucking delicious uh sweet potato casserole my dad made it actually your dad made it actually i just assumed since there were marshmallows in it she made it no which is a little sexist (laughs) (laughs) a lot sexist actually no because it was what it was sweet potatoes candied walnuts no no it was just sweet potatoes and there was some kind of nut in there or was that in the yam one? That was in the yam one. The yam one at, had at your, at your yeah. family's place. So yeah, we had a lot of potatoes um, between yesterday and today. We had some mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, yams, and today I had a bunch of distilled potatoes. 
What? Vodka. Oh. <laughs> Adam, it's vodka. Yes, 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 yes. Can you make me a dumb grandson pep talk? It's one part lame advice about stuff you know nothing about and a lot of vodka. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of vodka. Then I'll take one of those. Oh. It's like that. Did you ever watch that? I don't know if it's called Sally Mae, but it's that one woman who like doesn't know what healthy pouring is on YouTube. She's like, and just two shots of vodka. vodka. She's like, yeah, that's essentially what you're. That was me downstairs, but I knew what I was doing. (laughs) Oh yeah. So um, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and are currently tackling over each other, doing Black Friday shopping. There was no way I was going Black Friday shopping today, because unfortunately, when I Black Friday shop, I just shop for myself. (laughs) Tis the season, right? I never buy anything for myself. Ever? No. Really? I buy food. I buy experiences. I cannot tell you the last time I bought an article of clothing for myself. Trust me, I can tell, because I've seen your wardrobe. (laughs) It's very dated. Love you. I still wear some things that I wore in middle school. Was this, what about this tasty number that you're in right now? Mm, I don't know. Audio medium, this is just a black and blue thermal, just color blocked, black sleeves, blue chest. Looking like the Backstreet Boys uh, album cover. Which one? The second one, the one that's black and blue. I, I can't picture it. You right can't, now. it's literally just black and blue. I, I'm picturing NSYNC. <laughs> Oh my god. No, let me, you mean the puppet? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Backstreet Boys Black and Blue. The album is literally called Black and Blue. Oh. <laughs> That's a terrible album cover. It had some great songs in it. It had The Call, Shape of My Heart, and this other one more than that that I don't know. But I remembered uh, The Call. Maybe I'm sorry. Don't worry. I will be. I will be. Don't stay up and wait for me. My favorite Backstreet Boys song is a ballad. What song? I couldn't tell you. You might be confusing it with Insync because Insync did a lot more ballads than. Backstreet no, no, Boys. I know, I know for a fact it was Backstreet Boys. Was it this? I promise you. Yeah, because that's, that's it. That's an Insync song. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Maybe it's not that one. Was it? Your love is like yes, a river. that's it. That is also it's an insane song. <laughs> that's an insane oh, song. Come <laughs> a suspend a little more time on you. Uh huh. I love that song. Yeah, that's an insane song. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I guess I just like insane better then. I guess you just like insane better. Uh. So every year. Yep. In elementary school, and I mean every year. For the talent show, mm-hmm. I did a dance to the Bye Bye Bye. You did a dance. To the Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> Is there video footage of this? Can I dredge this up oh. somewhere? Oh, wait, wait. No, I didn't. <laughs> Was it a Backstreet Boys song <laughs> no, you did it to no, instead? No, no. <laughs> You want to know what the song was? What? Kids in America. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Factory Boys at all. Was it the remake? Was it like the one that like they did for like a movie, like the like a Nickelodeon movie, or was it like the original Kids in America? Um, I'm thinking it was I'm, like Snow Days. Kids I'm in not America. sure. It was either. Would Jimmy Neutron? Would that movie have been out yet? Yes, it would have. It was Jimmy Neutron's Kids in America. But isn't that... Do they just use the original in the Jimmy Neutron movie? No. No, this band called No Secrets did uh, did it. Let me see if I can play like a little clip of it. 
don't know about you, that doesn't sound like the original. Yeah, this is the one I did. <laughs> this is the one I did. Um, Memories came back. Oh. I don't know why I thought it was Bye Bye Bye. This sounds nothing like Big Bye. I mean, it's got that bam bam. Big Bye? No, b Best Bye? Best Bye? Big Bye. Big Bugs. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't let your mind wander too much because you're in a fragile state right now. So, listeners, uh, as you may have heard or known, Ryan uh, incurred a penalty in the seventh episode thanks to Sam and Ben. And his penalty for this episode was that he needed to do this entire episode completely shit-faced. And the best part is directly after we record this episode, I have to go to my 10-year high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope you sober up within the next, like, two hours of us recording this episode. Uh, um, we do have uh, the fifth shot of the vodka co concoction um, that sitting Ryan, off to the side. That Ryan will be drinking if he makes even one single mistake in uh, this book. Uh do you have a what do you mean? For this? I do. You do? I okay, do. so. So. Welcome to What Do You Mean? Sure, that's how we music, do it. Music, music, music. Now. What's um, that supposed to mean? So, uh -huh. the problem with this week's What Do You Mean is I don't remember exactly what you said. <laughs> so, we're going to do this trial run, and if this doesn't work, I have a backup What Do You Mean? From something that happened a, a couple weeks ago. So just to clarify, you don't actually remember what it is I said, but you're hoping that I am so self-loathing that I just remembered something stupid that I said at one point. Yes. And have just been playing it back in my head. Yes, that is what I'm hoping. That's probably a good assessment, so let's have at it. What is the first clue? The first clue is we were at an event. Was this at... Was this also at Tim and Jill's wedding? No, that's tomorrow. <laughs> the, the rehearsal dinner, I meant. <laughs> the rehearsal dinner. No. Okay. We were at an event. Was this during Avenue Q? No. Okay. Another hint? Um, it, we, we, um, we were sitting. Were we seeing a movie? No. Were we seeing a show? No. Were we at bingo? No. Okay. Any more? It was yesterday. It was yesterday. What event were we at? Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah. Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving or your Thanksgiving? Your Thanksgiving. Okay. Wait. So your Thanksgiving? No, your Thanksgiving. Got it. My who's on <laughs> who's on third? Great. Huh. Um, okay, so was this about something that I Oh I know. Oh yay! Because I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> I will. It was when you regarding say it. something I said with my cousin Ryan right before we were leaving. Oh, no, it wasn't, but please tell me what it was. Was it about the smoker? Oh, no, it wasn't about the smoker. <laughs> it wasn't about me thinking that the smoker was uh, a smokehouse that he won. <laughs> yeah, Adam thought that... I was asking about um, a smoker that his cousin won, and I asked what size it was. And He um, said, oh, it's, it's pretty, pretty big. big. And Adam said, oh, like a whole house? <laughs> no, not a whole house. I meant a whole shed. Because they you do have... Like a whole house. No, I said like a whole shed. Don't put words in my mouth. There's many things that I read in here that were false. 
like you saying that I wore six-inch Louboutin heels to court with my tweed skirt when I wore four-inch little brown BB shoes. $29! Every time you f***ing I have to re-record it! You said a whole house. No, I said a whole shed. Anyways, this Which is... Which is still pretty fucking big. This is not what you said. So it was during dinner. It was during dinner, and at one point we were laughing really hard with each other over something that you said, and I thought, I'm going to use this on the podcast. Was it about food? Oh, you don't know at all. Oh, no, I know. I'm, I'm, that, that's it. I just figured you had, like, some more stuff to go off. No, you said, let's try this, so Uh, we're trying it. Was this about the cranberries? Uh, probably not. Was it about the alcohol? Was it about about the the cider? Was it about the cider? What about it? Is that what you're thinking? I don't know. Right now, you're just airing your dirty laundry. Is it the bread? Oh, 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 I know what it is. You do? <laughs> I remember. So what was it? It had to do with the cider. What did you say about the cider? <laughs> was it about the bottle? No. The taste? No. Was it about, was it about the fact that you couldn't chug it? Nope. Um... Adam had... I was drinking an apple cider donut cider. (laughs) And Adam had some misconceptions about how it was made. Take it away, Adam. (laughs) Uh, I thought they, like, ground up donut and, like, made it into, like, an extract and put it into the cider. He he said... When I said I was drinking an apple cider... Apple... um, Fuck me. An, an apple cider donut cider. He said, but wait, gluten. And I said, it's a cider. And he said, yeah, but donuts. And I said, so? It's just a flavor. And he goes, you mean they don't ground up donuts to make the cider? <laughs> and I said, no, Adam, they don't ground up donuts to make the cider. I'm going to fucking tell you right now, there will be some soul who is listening to the podcast who is also having an aha moment right now. Well, I'm glad for you and maybe that one other person. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get on with our next book. Uh, this is the first time um, in a couple episodes where it's just going to be you and me. Yeah. It's just family, as RuPaul says. In, like, the finale. For tonight, it's just family. So it's just us. This book is going to be number nine in the Give Yourself Goosebumps series, The Night in Screaming Armor, a book that I received in the mail that is already completely broken. (laughs) I was just kind of flipping through the book to kind of get a feel for what the book was going to be like today, and I turned the cover, and the cover came just right off of the book. cracked right off of it. Cracked right off, so I don't know if that's a good sign for you or a bad sign for me. Ryan, describe to me what you see on the cover in front of you. Well, I have a digital copy of the book, and so we have two different looking covers, but there is one thing that's the same, which is there's a, a horse in leather gear, like red leather gear just like covering the entirety of it except its eyes and mouth Mm -hmm. and it's being uh it's being ridden by a knight i'm assuming it's in screaming armor its mouth is wide open its mouth is wide open and then there's also like a metal bird there is there's a metal bird flying behind it a big full moon in the background woods yeah they're trotting through some haunted forest. But yours is a little different. Yours looks like it's being attacked by some mac and cheese monster. Yeah, mine looks like it has... 
like cheese lava dripping all over the cover. Mmm, give yourself heartburn. <laughs> give yourself indigestion. I actually don't have heartburn right now. I'm from shocked all that vodka. from all that potato. I probably just lost the ability to sense that. Probably. The holographic upness of this one is kind of uh, tiny little triangles in a swirl shape. It's actually very pretty. It's the color scheme is uh, just like a nice teal blue and a periwinkle blue with like a nice little like aubergine as well. Um, it's it, it's a nice it's a nice contrast. Ooh, and we can join the all new Goosebumps fan club with details inside. Ooh. It is probably completely outdated. Oh, the back covers are is on its way out too. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> My UK version. I'll just, I'll just take that off. <laughs> My UK version does not mention the fan club. So apparently for only eight ninety five, I could get a folder, a shipping box, game sheets, a notepad, a wallet, a zipper tag, a glow-in-the-dark pen, and a curly bio, plus game sheets, a notepad, a pad, a sticker, and a subscription to the official newsletter, The Scream. This is probably on eBay for like $400 right now. Maybe. <laughs> I can assure you right now that someone is upselling this to shit. Um... Oh, Canadian prices are slightly higher. Fan club offer expires uh, September 30th, 1997. <laughs> so we're a little late. Just a little late. A little late. I still can't believe both the back and front cover are completely just not Gone. on this book anymore. Yeah, that's what you get for buying from uh, thrift books online. So let's get right into this. Uh, Ryan, I'm actually intrigued. How about you explain to me how the rules are going to go in the state you're in right now? So the way that we do things here at Oh My God is each week we switch off who will be reading the story and who will be making the decisions. We will keep a cumulative tally over the course of the podcast to see once and for all who is the worst decision maker. On top of that, if a decision maker is able to successfully complete a book with less than three mistakes, they will win a prize. It's been a while since we've done that. <laughs> and... If they have five or more mistakes, they will get a penalty like I am suffering today. Which I will be suffering in our next book, so don't you worry. That's true. I already know what your penalty is going to be, but I'm not going to tell you until the beginning of the next episode. Okay. I don't want you to have time to practice. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, how the standings are right now is that Ryan is at nine mistakes, and thanks to Ben and Kat, I am now at 14 mistakes. So yeah. I've hit, I hit the double digits. Let's see if you get up there, too. Beware! Do not read this book from beginning to end. Prepare yourself to meet the knight in screaming armor. Your cousins are coming to visit you from England. We'll get some, some UK oh, accents yay. from you. They're bringing something with them. A little surprise. I shouldn't have wasted the Cockney accent on Lauren Woods. You can probably bring it back. Probably. It's an old suit of armor from your uncle's collection. It has a really cool battle axe and a shield. And it has something else too. Orders to destroy you. You see, there's an ancient curse that was placed upon your family and the knight is here to deliver it. And that's not all. A ghastly looking gardener with three heads, mud slinging monsters made of goo, and some very nasty sheep are all headed your way. Well, maybe yam yaks will actually be <laughs> yam yaks. Yeah. Yam lambs. 
This scary adventure is all about you. You decide what will happen, and you decide how terrifying the scares will be. Start on page one, then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. If you make the right choices, you will defeat the knight in screaming armor and escape its horrible curse. If you make the wrong choice, beware. So take a deep breath. <gasps> Cross your... <coughs> Maybe not that deep. <coughs> Cross your fingers. And turn to page one now to give yourself goosebumps. goosebumps. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Okay, but before we before we start, this isn't an actual British person. This is just your father. Oh, I'm a, a pip pip, tut tut, jolly good, tally ho. And all that rot. Your dad exclaims, as someone who clearly has never been to England. <laughs> dad! You plead. Please! So sorry. He apologizes in his best British accent. We just want your cousins to feel quite at home now, don't we? It's not every day that we have visitors from England. It's been over a year since we've seen them. Jolly good, ta-ta, pip-pip. Your dad says again, have you ever heard a British person utter any of those words before? No. The only time I've ever heard those words is, okay, very obscure reference, fairly odd parents. There was an episode where they had a British person who Vicky was in love with, and he left the sc the scene by going on a, on a umbrella and flying off and going, pip-pip, cheerio, and all that stuff, and Vicky's like, no! Top scones, Benny Hill, Big Ben, yellow teeth, and all that. No! I hate to tell you that the characters in Fairly, Fairly Odd Parents are not real people. One of them is British. Is all I'm saying <laughs> is that that is the only instance. You, you still have not heard a real British person say that. <laughs> yes. Your mom adds. Your Uncle Will is giving lectures at several important American museums. So Kip and Abby will be staying with us for a whole week. Isn't that terrific? And of course, Abby is spelt kind of like Thelema Abby or like one of the Abbeys. Abby Road. My name's Abby. Abby Road. And when it snows, I need to be plowed. Yeah, not like like, like a British Abby. You only half agree. Kip Saxon is your age. What a badass name. Sometimes he complains too much, but mostly he's a pretty cool kid. His 15-year-old sister is another story. Abby acts like she's queen of the world. You say? She can be a royal pain. Oh, you'll have fun. Your dad assures you. Uncle Will says Kip and Abby <laughs> are bringing a big surprise with them. A surprise? You ask? What surprise? Let's find out on page two. Before your dad can say another word about the surprise, the doorbell rings. Your mom calls from the front hall. She opens the door as the airport shuttle van pulls away. Your cousins are standing in the doorway. You haven't changed a bit! Your mom declares as she hugs Abby and Kip. I hope that's not true. You mutter. Your tall blonde cousin is already staring past you and into the mirror behind you. Hi. You manage to say to her. Abby primps her long golden curls before she answers. Oh. Hi, she says as she pats her hair about a hundred times. Still the same old Abby. You have to admit. Forget her. Someone says laughing. <laughs> it's your chimney sweep cousin Kip. 
Can you give me an at? Get on the phone. No, fuck. This is a bad. <laughs> this is a bad decision. No, this is a great decision. Can you give me an at? Oh, no. <laughs> you got it. Can you give me an at? We've got more stuff to bring in. Your sandy-haired cousin moves back out onto the front step and points to two huge wooden crates. The crates are taller than your dad. What the? As you start to say. Artifacts. Your dad chimes in. Uncle Will is coming here next week to lecture at the medieval museum in town. I told him we'd store some exhibits here until he arrives, but I never expected anything this big. These crates will have to go to the garage. What's in the crates anyway? You ask Kip. Find out on page three. Two suits of armor, Kip says. That's what's in the crates. They're really old, from the 15th century. We call one of them the Evil Knight. It's been with the Saxton family forever. The other suit is Sir Edmund Saxton's. He's all great, 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 great. Well, you get the picture. The crates are on wheels. You, Kip, Abby, and your dad pull them down the driveway to the garage behind your house. You notice a label on one of the crates. Hey, look at this. You cry. Of course you read the label out loud. Beware this dark and evil night. Cursed still from long ago. Until a good knight fights for right. This night brings misery and woe. That's kind of spooky. You add, No, don't read that out loud. Kip cautions too late. It's an evil curse on the whole Saxton family. A curse? You laugh. <laughs> you don't believe in curses, do you? Sure I do. And so should you if you know what's good for you. Kip whispers. I suppose you never heard the tale. Listen to the tale on page four. It's a really good uh, Cockney accent Thank so you. far, yeah. The tale? What tale? You ask. The legend of the curse of the knight in screaming armor. Kiss Kip answers. <laughs> Years ago, an evil sorceress got angry with the king's best knight, Sir Edmund Saxton. You know, our ancestor. He'd killed her favorite dragon, or something. <laughs> uh, anyway, she put a curse on him. The curse of the screaming knight in armor. The curse of the, oh no, it's fine. the name of the book. It's fine, it's fine. The curse of the knight in screaming armor. She made a special suit of armor and sent it as a gift. The armor was haunted. It held the spirit of an evil knight. That night, horrible screams and cries were heard from the Saxton castle. In the morning, Sir Edmund and all of his family had been killed. Kip's eyes grow wide as he goes on. All of the family was dead except one son. He had been out hunting. Anyway, he kept the armor. He was too scared to throw it away. The four of you arrive at the garage and your dad reaches down to open the door. He told this entire story in the five seconds it took you to roll a crate from the end of your garage. I mean, the end of your driveway to the other. It's a, it's a very heavy crate. True. <laughs> Three children and one it's daft dad aren't going to... Take care of it's it. two entire suits of armor. Two entire suits of armor, and both of them are taller than your dad. This is that armor. Family legend has it that one day it will wake up again. Thirsty for Saxton blood. Then it will destroy all that is good. Unless a brave and noble Saxton can defeat it. It has to be a member of the Saxton family. <laughs> you laugh. I'm related to you, so I'm a Saxton. <laughs> I bet that's gonna be important. <laughs> well, yeah, what else would this book be if you weren't involved in it? What's an evil knight suit of armor going to do to me? Get your answer on page 96. You can just forget that screaming armor story. Abby snaps before Kips gets a chance to answer you. It's really stupid and not even true. But long after everyone has gone to sleep, you lie awake thinking about the crates in your garage. 
Hours later, you've just dozed off when you are awakened by a chilling scream. And it's coming from the garage. The curse! You gasp. If you try to ignore the scream, turn to page 13. If you investigate the chilling shriek, turn to 19. What you doing? I'm going to try to ignore the scream. Okay. On page 13. You pull up the covers up over your head and try to go back to sleep. After all, Abby said the story about the night wasn't true. You can't sleep. There's another shriek and another. The screaming grows louder and more chilling and it's getting closer. That last one seemed to come from just outside your door. Wait, what's that? Something is moving at the foot of your bed. You strain your eyes to see in the darkness. You immediately wish you hadn't. A shadowy figure seems to hover at your feet, ready to attack. It's the night, you shout as you spring up in bed. Quick, turn to page 67. I think you should have gone and done something. Who knows? Yeah, it's the middle of the night to be exact. The shadow answers. You recognize her voice. <laughs> That is the goofiest laugh I've ever heard you do. <laughs> My mouth was still in the position of the last voice I just made. We're going to have to redo this voice. No, you don't. No, no. Just do a mix of the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the middle of the night to be exact. The shadow answers. You recognize her voice. Abby. You gasp. <laughs> What are you doing in my room? I heard you screaming, she says, holding her hands over her ears. Horrible, horrible screams. What's going on in here? I'm trying to get some sleep. Evil, Kip whispers as he peeks through the doorway behind Abby. That's what's going on in here. In the dim rays of the hall night light, you see panic on Kip's face. Don't be ridiculous, Abby scolds her brother. The only evil going on in here is I'm losing my beauty sleep. This screaming simply has to stop. Now, shut your mouth and go back to bed. It won't stop, Kip insists. It's the curse. I know it. We shouldn't have brought that rusty old armor. Now, we've woken up the spirit of the evil knight. There is no escaping it. Not for the Saxton. You don't know about this whole curse thing, but one thing you do know, there's no way you can go back to sleep and pretend you don't hear the screams. The knight in screaming armor cannot and will not be ignored. So let's go to page 19 and do what you needed to do in the first place. Scream! Another shriek fills the night. Yeah, that's what we're going with. All scream! Right. Kip and it Ab doesn't say scream, it just says scree. Yeah, scree. Like, scream! Kip and Abby are as wide awake as you are. The piercing screams draw the three of you together at your bedside. Oh, this is, must be the screaming armor. You grab each of your cousins by the hand. You saw the word SCREE and you didn't think it was the knight in screaming armor? For a brief moment, no, I did not. <laughs> what did you think it was? I don't know, your dad or your mom? Oh, yeah. Just going at it? I my, my dad and my mom scree all the time. Yeah, they're probably screeing downstairs right now, I making dinner. <laughs> hmm. I don't want to think about my mom and my dad screeing. <laughs> we have to go out and. The... Let it. <gasps> Let us know in the comments uh, if you uh, know if your family screes at all. Okay. We have to go out to the garage and investigate. You declare. We have to find out what's out there. Another scream pierces the air. Scream! Abby forgets how much cooler than you she is for a moment and clutches one of your arms. Kip grabs your other one. You grab a flashlight from your desk and make your way out into the night. <laughs> okay, so I have 
that I have the UK version of this book. Oh, does it not say flashlight? It doesn't say flashlight. It says torch. <laughs> uh, localization. We, we love that. We did a little. We did a little skimming, and we were like, "Yeah, this this looks the same," but I think it's gonna have those minor di- uh, differences. I think that's cute. Yeah, we're reading the UK version. I online. hope that's the only change. They were like, well, they're not going to know what a flashlight is. We have to make an entirely new book. You grab a torch from your desk and make your way out into the night. You pull your cousins along behind you. Eventually, you come to the garage door. Garage. You come to the garage door. You pause a moment and listen to the screams. Well, here goes. You say. You reach down, grab the handle, and lift it open. Quick, turn to page 113. And hear the screaming. The garage door swings up and out of your way. Dark was never as dark as this. Monsters seem to lurk in every corner. Familiar forms look strange. The beam of your flashlight cuts past the frightful shadowy figures of the two crates. They stand like tombstones in the middle of the garage. Except that one of them is vibrating, shaking back and forth. The light reflects off a label on one of the crates. The one with the curse on it. Then you notice another handwritten label near the top of each crate. One says, evil night. The other reads, good night. Which one should we open? You say nervously. Neither. Kip replies. He seems terrified. Maybe a little too terrified. You're not sure you buy all this curse stuff. Maybe it's a big trick. Kip and Abby could have gotten someone to shout and shake the crate around. Who's really in that evil night crate anyway, you wonder? There's one more difference for the UK version. Crate. It doesn't say you're not sure you you buy all this curse stuff. It's you, You're not sure you believe all this curse stuff. Because they don't have as much capitalism <laughs> in, the, in the UK. Yeah, they don't buy that. They, they don't buy that. They, they believe it. That's not that bad, baby. That's not mine. I'm telling you, baby, that's not mine. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. Then again, those screams do sound pretty spooky. Maybe you should play it safe and open the crate marked goodnight. A suit of armor could come in handy if there is some crazy curse. We've come to the big decision, Ryan. Are you going to open the crate marked goodnight? Or are you going to open the crate marked evil night? I... Big choice on this one. That is a big choice. Because the book sounds like it's trying to trick you. Because good night seems like it would be the right thing to do, but there's going to be bad things that happen when you open the good night. The evil night is, you know, the evil night. I am going to open the evil night. All right, I'm 49. I think I just made this book a whole lot harder for me. Maybe. Okay, okay, the fun's over. You declare. You move over to the crate marked Evil Knight and start to loosen the straps holding it shut. It's still shaking a little, but the screaming has died down to a faint moan. You really had me going there for a minute. You continue. Those screams sounded pretty scary. And all that moaning and shaking? Wow, you two are good. Kip and Abby look as if they don't know what you're talking about, but you know better. Who did you get to help you with this little prank anyways? My dad? You ask. Your dad is just a sort of goofball to go in for something like this, too. <laughs> Mine says Joker. Joker? Instead of goofball. This is so stupid. <laughs> you fumble with the leather straps, but you finally get them undone. By now, you're chuckling to yourself like that. It really was a good prank, complete with these oversized crates. Still, you can't believe you fell for it. Speaking of falling, that's what the front door to the crate does next. It's also what your lower jaw does. It falls open. You try to scream, but all that comes out is a little whimper. There, in front of you, about a foot from your face, you stare into the laser light eyes of the knight in screaming armor. 
turn to page 16. If you dare! The evil knight's head is a steaming hunk of black metal. Hmm, sounds sexy. A sparkling medallion hangs around his neck. Something about his medallion holds your gaze. You can't stop looking at it. With you standing there helpless before him, the evil knight raises his heavy whore sword and... And... Raises his heavy whores. <laughs> and... And... He brings it down and slashes open the back of the crate behind him. The wood shatters like ice. In the land of Saxons, you shall be destroyed. Ooh, his voice booms over you. You shiver. He glances back at you, then disappears through the new opening. You're not sure how long you stand there in shock. The next thing you know, Abby and Kip are standing next to you. Did you see that? You stammer. Yeah, it's no big deal. Abby tries to sound cool. Look! Kip exclaims. This hole in the back of the crate. There are eels in it. Oh, yeah, right. What's that mean? Abby huffs. But he's right. You peer through the hole. You see emerald green hills in a pale blue sky. You feel wind against your face. You feel yourself drawn to the scene like you were to the medallion. We'd better go through. You say without taking your eyes off the scene before you. If not, we'll never break this curse thing. You push aside the splinters and step through. Step out of the crate on page 119. Oh, so we're just going to a new world. Back to the medieval place. And if you remember, medieval times were not good to me in uh, TikTok You're Dead. So we'll see how they treat you here. Kip and Abby follow you through the hole in the back of the crate. When all three of you are through, something slams shut behind you. You turn to look and the crate has disappeared. All you see around you are hills. Soft green rolling hills it's so beautiful you say it's a whole new world yep no we can't do disney things anymore Aww. we're gonna get sued you rub your <laughs> eyes but it doesn't go away it's it's our world abby exclaims we're back in england oh so it's not like a, a mystical land this is just england <laughs> it's exactly where the evil knight wanted us to be kip says softly england the land of the saxtons england england Land of Harry Potter and truffles! Who cares? Abby says. We're out! We're out! Yeah, they don't have to pay for flights anymore. They're just a free trip. Don't look so happy. Kip warns. The evil knight wants to destroy us. We may be home for good, or shall I say, for evil. You gaze around you, stunned. There's no way to explain what just happened to you. Hundreds of sheep are grazing on a nearby hill. One wild-looking ram glances up at you. Your heart jumps. His eyes are glowing. You cry out. Your pulse starts to race. The horned head of the ram morphs into the armored head of the evil knight. He lowers his head and paws the ground. Steam pours through the grill on his helmet. He's going to ram us. You cry. Run for your lives. Run to page 97. So wait, so he ram body but knight head? Is that what that is? And ram action. Okay. Led by the evil knight, the whole herd of sheep stampedes. Terror grips you as the thundering herd bears down on the three of you. You are about to be trampled. The stampede sounds like a sonic boom. You wrap your arms around your head and wait to feel the pain of a hundred little hooves pounding into, pounding you into the grass. So this is how he plans to destroy us, you think. By pounding you. <laughs> With sheep. With yam, yam sheep. What was it? Yam sheep? Yam lambs. Yam lambs. But lamb lambs. Are lambs and sheep the same thing? Did I say yams and sh lambs? You did. I meant sheep and lambs. Are 
Sheep and lamb's the same thing. Sheep and lamb. Uh, a lamb is a... It's a baby sheep? I think a lamb is a baby sheep. Yeah, yes, correct. A lamb is a baby sheep. So when you eat lamb chops, you're eating baby sheep? Correct. Different. Just like when you eat chicken nuggets, you're eating baby chickens. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you. I won't get into it. Lambs are less than 12 months old. Adult sheep are 12 months and older. Oh, how about that? And adult male sheeps are rams, and adult female sheeps are ewes. E-W-E. Are you reading? No. Oh. I should, right? So this is how he plans to destroy you, you think. You open your mouth to scream, but you can't hear anything over the thundering of sheep feet. And suddenly there's nothing- Sheep feet! That's <laughs> adorable. Hoves. And suddenly there's nothing but the sound of screaming. Your own screaming. You peek through your arms. The stampeding herd is gone. The hills are gone. All that's left are prickle brushes. What? Prickle bushes. You're buried in prickle Mine bushes. Says thorn they... bushes. Why couldn't they just say thorn bushes? <laughs> You're buried in thorn bushes and they hurt. Turn to page 132. So what, you were just automatically transported to prickle bushes? Ouch! Abby cries. She breaks free herself from the prickly bush. You can't help laughing. Abby's a human pincushion. She has little prickly leaves stuck all over her. Ouch! You and Kip say together as you fall out of the bushes. You find yourselves looking like two porcupines, too. You hear giggles. How do they get in this thorn bush? Like, because that first sheep were stampeding towards them. Then they close their eyes and all of a sudden they're in a bush? Did they run? I'm lost. I don't know. They they were stampeded into them. I don't know. Okay, that makes sense. You hear giggles, and they're not Abby's. You glance over your shoulder and see something you never imagined you'd see. Two miniature men are laughing and rolling on the ground. Each man is about the size of a football. They laugh and smack their knees and point at you. I wonder if these are going to be the same. Pixies! Kip cries. Does it say pixies in yours? They say pixies. Oh, I thought it might say fairies in yours. Little people! Is what my book would say. Pixies! Kip cries. Pixies? You say. You've got to be kidding me. The little men disappear for a minute. Then they resurface in the bushes close by. <laughs> this way out! One giggles, pointing to the left. No! This way out! Says the other, pointing to the right. Which one can you trust? Oh, this is just a crapshoot. So you're going to follow the pixie pointing left, or follow the pixie pointing right? I'm going to follow the pixie pointing right. Because right is always right, right? Right. Well, I think the first one's trying to trick us, and the, the other one's like, no, I'll help instead. Oh. You think so? Let's go to the right. Kip says as he pulls prickles from his arm and legs. I don't like the look of that cottage over there. Why would anyone want to live in the middle of nowhere? A pixie giggles and the cottage disappears. Now, it's over here, not over there. The pixie laughs. Do you like it over here? The cottage magically appears behind you. Or do you like it over here? Another pixie giggles as the cottage turns up on your left. Over here? Over there? It doesn't matter where. The two pixies sing together. Where you are is where you're not. When a pixie spell you've got. You should take the chance to hide. One sings, pointing to the magic cottage. The wicked one won't look inside. The, the other one sings. The sudden shrill shriek of the evil knight sets your feet running. If the evil knight destroys us before we can break the curse, no Saxton will ever be safe. You pant as you run. He's coming. Hurry. 
We have to hide in the cottage over there. Like it or not. Run to the cottage on page 82. So I guess it really didn't matter what direction you went in because you were going to this cottage anyway. That's not true. We don't know that. Huh? Maybe. You run to where the cottage is, but it's no longer there. Those nasty pixies keep moving it. Over here! The pixies giggle. Over, over there. there! Over here! Over there! Over there! Over here! Over there! Over there! Over there! Look over there! Run until you drop on page 184. 104. <sighs> it's, it's no, no use. use! Abby complains breathlessly after running first one way then the other. The cottage is never where it seems to be. I'm too tired to run anymore. So am I. Kip says, collapsing on the ground next to his sister. Uh, we'll just have to take our chances with the knight in screaming armor. I need some sleep. No, we can't sleep, you say. I'm tired too, but if we sleep, the evil knight will destroy us. Everything is quiet now. You fight sleep. Abby and Kip fight it too, but you can see they are losing. They both fall into a deep sleep. Only you are awake to stand guard. A cloud rolls over the moon. It's impossible to see anything. This book is really weird. It, it feels very just like something's happening and nothing's happening at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a lot happening. I feel like too much is happening. Like, oh, we're suddenly in a prickle bush. Oh, now the cottage is moving. Oh, we're tired now. Good night. Like, it's weird. Behind you, a crackling of underbrush signals a footstep. Who goes there? You shout into the darkness. No answer. The footsteps crush the brush slowly. You hear breathing. Closer. Closer. Slowly, you reach a hand out in front of you. In total darkness, your fingers touch metal. Go to page 37. Do you want to hear some metal? Do you want to hear me roar? Do you know what I'm quoting? Nope. Alright. You want to hear some metal? You want to hear me roar? I got the inspector, so show me That was a complete and utter nightmare. Ah! You scream when your fingers touch metal. Wake up! You hear Kip's voice saying, You're screaming! Abby shakes your arm. Wake up! Your eyes flutter open. Your hand rests on the cold metal head of a shovel hanging on your garage wall. You've been sleepwalking, Kip says. We heard you screaming, so we ran to your bedroom. We got out of bed put on our dressing gown, and walked over here to the garage. You Does mean not say, a robe? <laughs> I was like, there's no way that it says dressing gown in your version. Also, Ryan, did we literally just take an entire, like, twist turn back to the beginning of the book? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, you got out of bed, put on a dressing gown, and walked out here to the garage. We followed you just to make sure you all were alright. Abby continues. You walked up to the crate that we brought and just stood in front of it for a really long time. We tried to talk to you, but you didn't hear us. Then you reached out your hand, touched the shovel, and started screaming again. <laughs> Kip is laughing now because of the look on your face. You're surprised, embarrassed, and relieved all at once. Was it all really a crazy dream? Turn to page 120. You really had us go in there, Kip says as he and Abby follow you into the house. I told you not to tell those stupid stories about the knight in screaming armor. Abby scolds her brother. You gave our cousin nightmares. After a good group laugh, the three of you head back to bed. When you hang your robe over your desk chair, you notice a little prickly leaf stuck to it. 
Huh? You say. Where did those leaves come from, you wonder? There aren't any prickly bushes like that around here. Maybe it wasn't a dream at all. You climb in bed and pull your covers up to your chin. Your eyes are getting tired. You listen for a few seconds to hear if any noises are coming from the garage. Nothing. Not this time. But before? Hmm. You think as your eyes finally close. Maybe. Oh well. Good night. You say to no one in particular. Evil night. Replies a deep voice next to you on your pillow. You feel a gust of hot air on your face. The end. The end. So uh, apparently you're sleeping with the devil at the end of the book. At the end of that one. Well, I think that I think that's the evil night next to me. I'm just like, hey. And then, it, it, then you I were die. dreaming. You were dreaming is all. Uh, so I guess let's go back to um, going left or right then. I think that was the last decision you had to make, yep. right? Where was that? It was near the end. It was one of the last pages. I, oh, um, page 132. So we are going to take a left turn on page 32 because the right was not the right decision. It was not. But something else has to happen now, Ryan. It does. You, I don't want to. You got to take a nice little sippy, sip, sip, sip oh, of your drink. No. Yeah, let's get on up and uh, get that drink. It's not a sip. It's a shot. Oh, is it the whole thing? It's the rest of it. Okay. How are you feeling right now, anyway? I was feeling fine until now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bottoms up, friend. It doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. There's something on top of it. Is it a fly? No, I think it's part of the oat milk. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Is that water to wash it down? It is water to wash it down, because it was necessary. <laughs> all right, you got this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's literally the... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. Oh, I'm sure that's not true. I just had one out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Let's get back to the to the left. Alright, let's move to the left now. Ooh, I can I can taste that on yeah. you. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I know where we are. <laughs> Let's go to the left. Abby says, pulling thorns out of her arms. There's a cottage down the hill. Maybe we can get help there. Hello? Am I the only one that thinks that there's something going... There's something weird going on here? You ask. Abby and Kip can't hear you. They're already walking across the windy meadow towards the cottage. Pixies. You mumble to yourself. You take off after Kip and Abby. You don't get far when you hear a deafening rumble. It sounds like an earthquake. You see bits of turf. Turf. Turf? I see bits of turf. I thought it was bits of tuft, but no. You see bits of turf flying in the air. You turn and look behind you to see... Hedges. Killer hedges. They're growing at an incredible rate. What makes them killer hedges? Um, they keep making the faces of renowned serial killers. And this one probably just Jack the Ripper. Because <laughs> it's... It's a hedge that looks like Jack the Ripper. Because it's the UK. Actually, they're not so much growing as bursting through the earth in jagged lines, walls of branches and leaves, and it looks if... Yes, they are headed right for you. It's time to start sprinting again, and there's no use screaming about it either. Now's the time to move! Move to page 27. 
Hedges are exploding out of the ground, fully grown. They're spreading towards you with amazing speed. You're no match for them. They burst past you, blocking your path. You try to stop short, but not fast enough to avoid a face full of prickles. Kip and Abby, too. You start to run the other way, but you don't get far before you come up against another wall of hedge. It doesn't seem to matter which way you turn. Any open path is instantly blocked by a solid wall of high bramble bushes. Prickers grab at you as you run past. You shake them off and keep on running. You have to get out of here. The walls around you grow higher and higher, cutting the sky into lines of blue. The three of you race in every direction, but it's, it's no, no use. use. You stop for a second to catch your breath. The ground beneath you starts to rumble and shake. Ah. You scream. You can imagine the hedge about to explode through the ground and up through your body. You brace yourself, but then it stops. It's quiet again, except for Kip. We're trapped. He bellows. What do we do now? 78? 78. 78. You stare at the walls of greenery surrounding you. The hedges are too high. You say. We can't climb over them. It looks like a maze. Abby comments. You know, Kip, like they used to have at the royal palaces and places like that. I wonder if there's a way out. <laughs> royal places and stuff. <laughs> That's what you always She says. just wants to be more proper in the UK. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to find our way out or break through the hedges. We can't just stay here forever. You say. Forever? Kip wails. Knock it off, Kip! You and Abby both cry. So what'll it be? Are you gonna try and find your way out, or are you gonna break through the hedge? Or are you gonna go over the hedge? That's not one of the options. It's just a movie I liked as a kid. I'm going to try to find my way out. On page 51, you're not breaking through? No. Woo! This one's gonna be fun! So you think you're good at mazes, huh? Try to get yourself out of this one. Pick up a pencil and try to draw the escape route on the maze below. Can you do it on your first try? Um, how are we doing this? Are you just, are you just using your eyes? Yeah, I think I'm just using my eyes. All right, that sounds like cheating to me, but go for it. If you hit a dead end, you, 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 you lose. Well, I don't think it should be a loss. Well, I mean, I, okay. if you don't make it through, you go on a different page. So yes, it oh, is a loss. Okay. You have to do it on your first try. I made it out. You made it out? You didn't yeah. hit any dead ends. I didn't hit any dead ends. You didn't have to turn around once. I didn't have to turn around once. I... Oh, Jesus, you're so good at things. All right, page 75. You made it through. Hooray for you. Face your next challenge on page 75. But who knows? Usually when you're lucky in these books, it fucks you. That's true. But that wasn't lucky. That was skill. Are you normally good at mazes? I guess so. All right. The hedges are behind you. The green hills are in front of you. There's a warm wind in your face and something, something is coming over those hills. A dark black mist is rolling toward you. It's already halfway to where you're standing. I don't like the look of this. Kip says. The warm wind picks up. Dark clouds gather. Dust whips around in whirlpools. Evil is in the air around you. Look. You remark. Sooner or later, we're going to have to face the evil knight. That's the only way to break the curse, right? Only a Saxon can defeat him. I'd prefer later than sooner. Kip starts to answer back. He never finishes his sentence. Scream! The 
team of the e the scream of the evil knight announces his arrival. Find out what happens next on page 85. The evil knight's screams mingle with the whistling blast of hot wind. You can almost feel his evil breath mixed in with the wind. You know he's so close. The dark mist rushes at you. The force of the gale throws the three of you backwards against the hedge, but you don't feel the prickly leaves. You don't land on the ground where you were before. In fact, you don't land at all. We're falling. The three of you. The three of you cry together, falling, falling, falling. Falling, falling, falling. So Ryan, if the chair you're sitting on right now has a cushion, turn to page 48. If it doesn't have a cushion or you're not sitting on a chair, turn to 72. We're sitting on a bed. So that is not a We're chair. We're sitting on a bed. So, I mean, it does have a cushion. It's a mattress, but it's not a it's, chair. Yeah, it's not a chair. So we're going so to page 72. We'll go to 72. So Rolstein gonna punish you for not sitting on a chair for reading this? You've landed in a valley, but the green hills a moment ago are long gone. In fact, there isn't a blade of grass as far as the eye can see. It's all rocks, broken up shards and boulders and stones. Oh my. It's dark. A pale moon shines above you. Abby tries to move and barely balances on a wobbly platform of stone. She shrieks. This is like an avalanche waiting to happen. Be careful, Kip warns. These flat rocks aren't as steady as they look. Yeah, uh, thanks for the tip, Kip. Abby says, a little tip, Kip. <laughs> tip, Kip, Pip, Pip. Tip, Kip, Pip, Pip, cheerio. cheerio. <laughs> Abby says, I think we noticed. They're right. The rock you're standing on tips and throws you backwards to another flat rock below. Whoa. You cry as your new rocky floor seesaws back and forth. You glance down. There are more jagged rocks waiting to catch you below. Next, you look up, and something flashes. High up on the rocky point of this mountain, something silvery shimmers in the moonlight. It seems to be calling to you. What is it? Climb over to 28. I bet it's that shiny bird. Where are you going? Kip asks as you carefully step off your rocking rock and onto his. Look up there, you say. You point to the gleaming object. I have a feeling whatever is up there is something that we need. I don't know why, but I have to find out what it is. I'm going up to get it. I'll come with you. Kip volunteers. Stop right there. Abby orders. Don't take another step. You are not leaving me alone. Oh, yeah. Abby. Oh, yeah. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How's the whole vibe? Kip, 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 Kip will be German now. Oh, yeah. Abby's afraid of heights. Kip mumbles. <laughs> He only mumbles in German. <laughs> oh yeah, Abby's afraid of heights. Kip mumbles. I'll go by myself. You declare. You two stay here together. Balancing on all fours, you move on to the next rock. You feel as if you're climbing on eggshells. One false move and the rock you're on could crumble away. You would tumble all the way to the bottom. You test each rock before you move to it. It's amazing how many of them have jagged edges. Higher and higher you climb, then you see it. A hand sticking up out of the rocks. Look closer on page 133. You peer closer at the hand sticking up out of the rocks. It's only made of stone. That's when you notice that the rock you're sitting on has a face. Ah. You yell. The stone face is frozen in an expression of pain. You move to another rock, but as you look around, all of the broken pieces are shaped like people. Broken pieces of people. Abby, Kip, you cry, but there's no answer. You can't see them from where you are without losing your balance. What if they're turning into stone or something, you think? 
You call out again, but again there's no reply. What's going on? Maybe they just can't hear you from down below, but maybe you should climb back down and check on them, just to be safe. So are you going to keep climbing for the shimmering object, or are you going to scramble back down to the mountain to help your cousins who might be turning into stone people? I feel like climbing up to the shimmering object is the wrong thing to do, because I feel like it's calling me, mm -hmm. and... It's calling me in order to turn me into stone. Into screaming armor. So you think you're going to go back to your cousins? No, I'm going to go for the shiny object. You are? You said that was a bad idea. Yeah, but I'm going to do it. You're doing drunk decisions right now. I think I'm doing drunk decisions. But also, like, I'm, I'm already halfway here, and, like, maybe these people weren't able to make it, so I'm, I'm going to be the one that makes it to get sure. the thing I need to defeat. You'll be the one that makes the difference. You may be climbing on pieces of people, but as rocks, they're not going to hurt you. <laughs> or you them, for that matter. That's so blasé. You may be climbing on pieces of people, but <laughs> whatever. Just another Sunday. Kip and Abby are probably fine. Maybe they just can't hear you. If they are turning to stone, they're not going anywhere, are they? Wow, you could not give a fuck anymore. <laughs> You just want that object, uh -huh. and you're not sure what you could do to help them anyway. You decide to keep climbing the last little bit up the slope. You'll grab that shining object, whatever it is, while you've got the chance. You're almost there. The rock you're standing on is totally unstable. You have to do a real balancing act to keep from crashing down on the rocks below. Slowly, carefully, you reach for the silver object. It's long and shiny. When you've got a hold of it, you try to lift it up, but it lifts you up, up into the air. The shiny thing is a metal finger that's attached to a metal hand that's attached to the knight in screaming armor. Your doom on page 66. Ah! You don't know who's screaming louder. You are the evil knight. You stare into his glowing eyes. You feel the steam of his breath on your face. And then he reaches out, lifts you up, and flings you over the mountainside. Down, down, down you tumble. Your arms and legs bash against the sharp rocks. You can feel the bumps and bruises starting to swell even before you reach the rocky bottom of the mountain. You're not just dead on impact from hitting the first rock no. surface. At last, you tumble to a stop next to a motionless figure of Kip and Abby. You don't move a muscle because you can't. You're stiff all over and you're getting stiffer and stiffer and stiffer and stiffer and stiffer and... The end. Yeah, yeah. I... Literally knew that was the wrong decision. So why did you make that decision? I don't know. I I thought. I thought maybe it was my drunk brain making those logics, so I decided to go against it. I think I had reasonably sound logic, and I knew exactly what was going to happen if I made that decision. But I made it anyways. How, how, how now, brown cow? All right, so we are now going to scramble back down the mountain to help your cousins on page 35. Your cousins could be in trouble. Kip and Abby could be turning to stone this very minute. Don't move. You yell down. I mean, do move if you can. I'm coming down to save you. A little jokester. You take one last glance at the shining object. Rock by rock, you backtrack the way you came. It's even harder to move downward, but there's no time to lose. Mostly, you try not to think about what those rocks and boulders used to be. You set your foot against what used to be someone's shoulder. <laughs> There's no care for anyone. It's like, fuck you. It jiggles under your weight, and then it flips up. You tumble headfirst down the rocky slope. Ouch! Ouch! Etch! Ouch! You yelp with each bump. Finally, you land with a crash at your cousin's feet. Turn to page 101 to find out what happened to them. You lie there among the rocks for a moment. 
Your head is still spinning from your fall. Are you all right? Abby asks. We saw the whole thing. Kip says with admiration. I'll give it a perfect ten. You were fantastic. Uh, I thought you were turning to stone. You sputter. <laughs> That's a good one. Abby laughs. We were just trying to keep still. We didn't want to start an avalanche while you were up there. Yeah. Kip explains. It's just like with snow. The slightest movement or sound might bring everything tumbling down. That's it. An avalanche. Kip, you're a genius. You exclaim. I am. He is. Abby looks amazed. An avalanche. That's the way That's the way to get the shimmering thing. It will help us. I just know it. And if not, maybe an avalanche can help us get out of this horrible place. You explain. Before they can stop you, you pick up a good-sized rock and throw it as far as you can up the slope. Pieces of rock start to cascade down the rock face. You, Kip, and Abby scramble to the edge of the slope out of the way. Scramble over to page 121. You're probably thinking it's going to help you is because you're fucking hypnotized by that uh, medallion that the, that the knight is wearing. When the rumbling of the avalanche is done, you brush the dust off your face and glance around. In the light of the full moon, you see a trench in the middle of the hill. It worked! You shout. The avalanche has cleared a path. And look what I found! Kip says. He holds up a shiny metal key. It was right under this rock. Kip, you're a genius! You say again happily. Turn to page 134, and I'm sure that metal key is going to be your savior at some point in this game. The three of you make your way up the path, all the way up and over the top of the hill. Off in the distance, you see a cottage. It's that cottage again. You say. Then you have an idea. The key. Maybe it fits the door to that cottage. After walking on all those rocking rocks, the trip to the cottage is easy. No pixies change your path, no sheep stampede, and so far there's no evil night in sight. Hurry! You call to Kip and Abby. You move quickly and quietly along the dirt road to the cottage. When you are a few feet from it, you stop to look at the cottage more carefully. It's a small, two-story white house with a thatched roof. A garden of petunias and snapdragons lines the curved stone walkway leading to the heavy wooden door. I wonder who lives here? Abby asks. It's quite stylish in an old-fashioned way. She peeks in the windows. It's too dark in there. She whispers. I can't see a thing. You knock on the door. There's no answer. You knock harder. Still, no answer. Try the key. Kip suggests. You put the silver key in the lock and try to twist your hand. Turn to page 39. <laughs> turn the key. Turn the page. The silver key fits perfectly in the lock, but it won't turn. I don't get it. You say. This key looks like it should go with this lock. No luck. You put the key back in your pocket. You step back from the door to search for another way in. As soon as you move away, the door slowly swings open. Uh, come in. The voice of a very old man invites from somewhere inside the cottage. I've been waiting for you. Waiting for us? Abby stammers. She peers into the darkened doorway. But I can't see you. Abby says. Come closer. The old man says in a friendly voice. It's been so long since I had some good company. The three of you step into the cottage. The door slams behind you. If the slam makes you scream, turn to page 87. If the slam makes you jump, turn to page 105. It's the knight in screaming armor. We're going to scream. So you're going to scream at 87. You can't help it. The slam of the door makes you scream. We didn't mean to scare you. It's the old man's voice. We? You ask. Did you say we? To answer your question, the old guy hobbles forward. You see his dusty boots emerge from the shadows. A pair of ragged canvas pants and a cardigan sweater with holes appear. Then you see his face. Talk about U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. Hey, hey. You ugly. Woo! 
He cackles as he glares at you from a wrinkled, mole-covered face. This guy must be a hundred years old, and he's looking at you funny. Then something catches your eye, something next to his grizzled old ear. It's another head! A horrible, wart-covered, puffy-eyed head with a squirming, dangling tongue. It's sticking out from the right side of his neck. You hear Abby squealing in terror. And there's another head on the other side, sticking out from his neck. As this one catches the light, you see a mouthful of slimy, rotting teeth. His bloodshot eyes roll out around out of control. We didn't mean to scare you, the old man says. We meant to terrify you. If you can, run to 98. If you're frozen in terror, run to 108. Well, stay at 108. I'm going to stay frozen in terror. At 108. On 108. You know you should run, but for some reason your legs won't move. We're stuck. You yell. Stuck. You try to move your feet, but they are rooted to the ground. In fact, they are in the ground. Kip and Abby can't move either. Their feet are just as rooted as yours, and both of their bodies have started to turn green. They're getting thinner, too. Very, very thin. Mmm, skinny legend. So are you. Old Mr. Triple Decker is casting his favorite spell. He's mumbling some gibberish over there in the corner. You have become the latest addition to his garden. You look out from your petal-framed face and see the petunias and snapdragons you passed on your way in. Funny, now you notice they have faces. He's got you too, I see. A purple petunia rooted next to you says. No one knows the evil he sows. Curses soiled again. Azinia teases. He's got all of us. Abby sighs from beneath her rose-petaled bonnet. But at least I'm a rose. Twat. <laughs> Looks like you're grounded this time, but life in a wizard's garden can't be all bad. Who knows? It might even grow on you. The, the end. end. Yeah, um... I wouldn't stay put when someone looks that disgusting. I wanted to keep doing his voice. <laughs> and now that was your third death. Should you drink more? No, I don't have any more. Oh, okay. Well, so we're going to run on 98 instead. Leaving the three-faced monster behind, the three of you lunge for the back door of the cottage. Locked again? You cry, shaking the handle furiously. The key. Kip reminds you. Try the key. You fumble in your pocket, pull out the key, and pull it in the lock. Just as you feel the key start to turn, you hear the monster trio chanting a series of mumbo-jumbo words. Slizwick, slick, Hagenly Zee! Make the three into one with the turn of a key. The key turns, the door opens, the three of you push against each other, trying to be the first one out. You push. Kip pushes harder. Abby pushes hardest. She pushes too hard. The monster's spell has worked. All that pushing squashes your bodies together into one. Pop! You fall outside. But the turn of the key has made you a three-faced, one-bodied monster, just like the old man. All you know is two heads may be better than one, but three heads add up to one big headache. The end. I don't know where to go back to. You need to jump instead of scream. Oh, I need to jump instead of scream. Yep. So, where was that? Let's... Uh, double death ending. Double death ending on a triple-headed person. Shimmering object, scramble down, 35. We're going a long way. I'm doing things opposite of what I'd normally do. Because normally I would jump. Are you drink? Is it the drinking? I think so. I think you're just trying to do something different. Uh, 39. Okay, so the slam is going to make you jump instead on 105. 
The loud slam of the door startles you. You jump two feet in the air. When you come back down, the floor beneath you opens up. A trap door! You exclaim. The three of you plunge downward. It seems like you're falling for a while. You've fallen a lot in this book. Mm -hmm. This is what, like the fourth time that you've been taking a tumble? Yep. Yeah. Then your luck changes. You land on a soft bed covered with brown cloth. Woo! You sigh, catching your breath. I don't know where we are, but I'm glad to be away from that old man. I can't explain it, but his voice really gave me the creeps. I keep telling Abby the same thing. Kip teases. I can't explain it, but her face really gives me the creeps. Don't push your luck, Kip. Abby warns and whacks him with a piece of brown cloth. What are these anyway? Kip asks. He lifts up the coarse brown sheet that just hit his face. They're monk's robes. Abby answers. See? She puts one on over her head. She looks like a monk in a movie. Cool. You and Kip try them on too, just for fun. What are they doing in this old man's basement? Shh. Abby hushes you. Listen. The sound of low chanting comes from somewhere above you. Do you think it's the knight in screaming armor? You ask. It sounds more like singing than moaning. Tiptoe to page one, two, three. You see stone steps in the corner of the basement. We better see what's up there. You whisper. You lead the way up the stone steps. Medieval paintings line the walls. Carved angels hover near the arched ceiling. It's like a castle. You say. It's a monastery. Abby corrects you. Monks probably used to live here for centuries ago. (laughs) (laughs) Monks probably used to live here centuries ago. Then who's chanting in the next room? Kip gulps. The chanting grows louder and louder as you enter a large dining room. Long benches are filled with robed figures bent over a narrow wooden table. The figures keep their hooded heads bowed. They chant over their meal. There's no food on the table. Kip whispers loudly. All the figures turn around at once. Abby lets out a startled cry. The robes are empty. Where their faces should be, there's empty space. They're ghosts! You make a break for the stairs, but you're all alone when you get there. Find out why on page 135. More ghosts. When you get to the stone steps, you look back for Abby and Kip, but they're not there. Then you see them. They're walking over towards the table. What are they doing? Come on, you two, this way. You shout, but it's too late. Their faces are already starting to fade. The chanting grows louder. Now you can hear what they're saying. No bells tolls for us. No bells tolls for us. They chant. Find out what it all means on 41. Kip and Abby don't notice that you are running out of the dining hall. They don't care. They reach back to pull their hoods up over their vanishing heads. Now Kip and Abby are chanting too. No bells toll for us. No bells toll for us. No bells toll for us. You race down the different set of stone stairs. A doorway at the bottom leads out into the courtyard. Across the yard is a crumbling bell tower. As you run for it, the chanting monks hurry close behind you. They're not going to let you escape. They want you to join them too. You race up the broken stone steps to the top of the tower. A rotting rope hangs from a black cast iron bell. There's a kettle full of some bubbling black liquid on the floor. You reach for the bell rope and the ghosts stop in their tracks. They hold their thick sleeves up against their hoods to where their ears would be if they had ears. As terrified as you are of them, they seem frightened of the bell. So, Ryan, are you going to pull the rope to ring the bell or are you going to throw liquid at them instead? You know, like like it's a real housewives moment. No. I'm not talking to you. And I'm just shut your you. mouth. I've had enough Excuse of you, you beast. Beast? Yeah. 
How dare you? How dare me? Bitch! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ring the bell. They've... You're gonna ring, ring, ring that bell. I'm gonna ring the bell. Alright. Even though they're, they're really hyping up this bell. You pull down on the rotten rope. It breaks off in your hands. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. The ghostly hooded robed monks chant solemnly. They've made it to the bell tower where you are. Abby and Kip reach their hands out to you. Join, join, join us. us, they drone. Be one with us. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. Abby, Kip. You plead with them. Don't fade. Don't fade. <laughs> don't get a fade. Don't get the fade. It'll look terrible for your haircut. It's no use. Your cousin's faces are getting fainter and fainter. The chanting of the monks echoes in your ears. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. You know you have to escape from here before it's too late. Race to page 88. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. Kip's and Abby's voices rise above the others. You gaze into their transparent eyes and catch a glimpse of your own reflection. Under the hood of your robe, there's no face at all. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. You hear yourself say, No bell tolls for us. Face it. You're a dead ringer until the, the end. end. So you really did need to do a no, a Real Housewives moment where you see I throw liquid. I normally would have gone for the liquid because they made they made the bell so obvious. Then why are you doing this to I yourself? Don't know. Because you've now incurred a penalty. You've gotten five deaths so far. This penalty is not fair. Uh, my judgment is impaired. <laughs> Um, so we're going to throw the liquid on them on page 73. You let go of the rope and rush over to the kettle. If you can only lift it, you should throw the liquid on the ghosts. That should scatter them. The hooded robed figures make their way up the steps. They're getting closer. You're getting frantic. You strain against the handle of the kettle with all your strength. It budges a little and some of the liquid sloshes onto the stone floor. It pools around your foot and you slip. You fall back, arms flailing. You knock against the bell. Bong, 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 bong. The bell tolls. The monk's chant changes. The bell tolls for us. The bell tolls for us. The bell tolls for us. One by one, the hooded figures slump to the floor of the bell tower. Soon they are nothing more than a pile of empty robes in a heap at your feet. Bong, bong, bong. You push the bell again. Kip and Abby pull off their hoods. You saved us. Kip cries gratefully. And those stupid ghosts have gone for good. Abby adds. Can you believe those monks? Get a life. I mean, get a death. <laughs> That's stupid. That is very stupid. That made us laugh, though. You breathe a sigh of relief. We're safe now. You say, all is still, all except the flashing eyes of the other side of the courtyard. Uh-oh. You say... Those eyes can only mean one thing. Turn to page 52 if you dare. Do you think we're getting to the end, finally? We've gone on quite a journey so far. We have. The flashing eyes across the courtyard could only mean one thing. The eyes of the knight in screaming armor. We can't escape from him. Abby sighs. It's, it's no, no use trying anymore. He brought us here. This is his world. Bitch, this is your world. This is England, I thought. <laughs> or, or is it like... You know, magical England. It's magical England, oh. clearly. Oh, yeah, because hedges and 
sheep and transformation. He must want something from us, otherwise he would have destroyed us by now. You point out. He's only toying with us. Abby says bitterly. Like a cat plays with its food. It's as if he's using our fear of him to make us face all other possible fears. Kip whispers mysteriously. Abby gives Kip a double take. Face other fears? That's ridiculous. She says. I'm afraid of flying, but you don't see him making us fly. A strong gust of wind blows through the bell tower and rings the bell. Bong, bong, bong. You clap your hands over your ears. Kip dies for the pile of monk's robes. Abby jumps back and slams against the crumbling wall. The wall gives way behind her. Help me! I'm flying! Abby soars higher and higher until she's out of sight. Abby! Kip cries. (laughs) Come back. If she doesn't come back, soar to 92. If she returns in a flash, zoom to 102. This book is tough because a lot of these ones just seem like 50-50 guesses. Yeah. Like, I, I don't blame you. This is a tough one, Ryan. I'm going to say she doesn't come back. On 92. Kip! Kip! Abby's voice is so far away now you can hardly hear her. Wow, she's really flying. You say in amazement. You must be right about the fear thing, Kip. Come back! Kip calls up to the night sky, but Abby's growing smaller and smaller against the night sky, and in another moment, she's gone. You almost can't believe it. Just like that. Gone. Kip starts to sob. You try to be brave. We'll find her again. I know we will. You say. We've come this far together through all this craziness. A low growl from the stone stairs lets you know there's more craziness to come. Who's there? You demand. Uh... The evil knight's scream echoes out across the courtyard. The growl on the stairs turns into a howl answering the scream of the knight. Then a huge black cat-like creature with yellow eyes appears around the bend of the stairs. Kip, over there. You say as quietly as you can. Turn to page 61. Kip turns and sees the beast creeping up the stairs. Stay still and maybe it won't see us. You whisper. Slowly, you and Kip press yourselves into a corner of the bell tower and watch the beast. You've never seen anything like it. It's as large as the biggest lion and as black as night. It has short ears set back on a small dog-like head. A long swishing tail hits the crumbling wall, knocking stones to the ground. The beast growls. Rows of shiny white teeth drip with saliva. It turns its fierce eyes in your direction. It sniffs the air. It smells you. A long red tongue licks its drooling black lips. It sees you. It's going to pounce. You cry. The beast jumps for you, but you jump too, right over the wall of the bell tower with Kip right behind you. Oh no! You both scream on your way down. Ock! Ock! You hear. A giant night hawk passes you as you fall. Ock! The bird squawks again as it swoops down beneath your falling bodies. Fall down for like the sixth fucking time on page 95. This book was just R.L. Stein getting over his fear of falling. You're falling fast, but not fast enough to escape hot drool dripping from the beast's mouth. The beast leans over the edge of the bell tower wall. You've got a face full of steaming spit. Before the next big loogie hits you, the giant nighthawk flies under you and Kip. It catches you on its back and swoops upward. You don't know where this black bird of night is taking you. As you look back at the beast, you know one thing is sure. Wherever you're going has got to be better than where you've just been. So, if the bird turns left, turn to 115. If the bird turns right, turn page 53. If the rescue mission takes a turn for the worse, turn to 74. Three choices. I really want to pick the last one. I really want to pick the rescue missing mission taking a turn for the worse. Do you want to? 
that's what I want to do right now. The things I have wanted to do mm-hmm. have not been going well for me so far. No, you've 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 had a you you've had a time so far. I am going to go back to the the logic portion in my brain. Okay. And I'm going to say that we have had a lot of pages in the latter half of the book so far. And we haven't had much in the 50s. And also, when I tried to go right for the cottage earlier, it was wrong. But maybe I'll... Going right for this decision is better. So so I'm going to go to 53. You're going to go right. Okay. The bird turns right. Where are you taking us? You call to the black hawk. Hawk hawk. Black hawk. Black hawk. Black hawk. Black hawk down. <laughs> big, big black hawk. Is that a or, cucumber? Um, it's a. Um... Oh, it's a penis. Those are balls. It's a big, a big black dick. It's a drawing. Black. It's a big black dick. It's a. <gasps> black hawk down. That is a big black hawk. Hawk, hawk. Squawks the giant feathered bird. We shall leave this place. Kip says worriedly. If Abby comes back, she won't know where we went. And if we stay in the bell tower... You reason? We won't be there when she gets back anyways. That looked, that beast looked pretty hungry. As the flying speed increases, the flapping of the big bird's wings drowns out your voice. You fly in silence now, but you're just as worried about finding Abby as Kip is. Your worry time is cut short when you look over the bird's shoulder and see a rocky side of a mountain straight ahead. Look out! You scream as the bird heads right for it. We're going to crash! The bird speeds up. The mountainside is directly in your flight path. Stop! You scream with all your might. Can't you hear me? We're going to crash! Turn to page 125. The speeding black nighthawk doesn't hear you. It just keeps flying. The mountainside approaches. Crash! Purple stars flutter before your eyes. Your toes feel numb. Darkness surrounds you. You feel your own arm just to see if you're alive. I am alive! You shout happily. You call this living? Abby's voice says. Abby! You and Kip both say. It's you! What happened? We crashed and now we're crushed. That's what happened. Abby's right. The crash seemed to break the spell. Now you're crushed together inside the Evil Knight's crate. Back in your garage. In America! Home! It started when we entered the crate. Kip says groggily. Our secret door, another world and time, and... And the worst night of my life. Ark. Abby squawks. She pushes on the door of the crate. You bang on it. Kip throws his weight against it. It won't open. Ah! Ah! It's your scream coming from inside the crate. But you can scream all you want. No one's going to let you out. They've heard it all before. Those screams inside that crate. It's just the curse of the night in screaming armor. A curse that never comes to an end. So that's your sixth death. It is. Um, is that a good ending? No, that's not a good ending. I'm trapped inside of the thing for the for the rest of my life. I'm sure they'll open it again. It has to go to an exhibit at some point, you know? So, um, are you going to go left or are you going to have the um, mission take a turn for the worse? You know, at this point, let's just have it take a turn for the worse. On 74. On 74. Because you're almost tied for the worst um, run in a, in a book. Uh-huh. You said that this is... You said a while ago that this was one of the toughest books, though. I did, 
But if you take the other path, what began as a rescue mission is now a mission to destroy you. The giant black Nykot zooms upward. Hang on! You shout to Kip. He clings to one slick black feather sticking out from the bird's back. The hawk swoops down suddenly. It's trying to shake you off. You fly out to the side of the wings and your body flaps freely in the wind. Whoa! You yell. The roller coaster bird ride is making your stomach do flippy flops. Kip looks just as airsick as you feel, but it's not over yet. Now the hawk does loop the loops until at last you can't hold on any longer. You let go. Goodbye, Kip. You call out as you start free falling. Goodbye. As you fall again on page 117. Uh-huh. You're alone and still falling. It began as a fast fall, but now it's more like you're floating gently. You look up and barely see the black knight hawk. Kip manages to stay on the bird. Will you ever see Kip and Abby again? Below you see emerald green grass. It's getting closer and closer. You can tell your landing is your tell you can tell your landing isn't going to be deadly though. The grass will make a soft cushion for your fall. You float down, settling at last on a moss-covered knoll right in front of a familiar cottage. The front door opens. A voice whispers. Come in. You are so good to visit me. You have no choice. Turn to page 77. The voice is soft. Come in. It says again. You stand up, feeling dizzy from floating. You fall forward through the door. You are in. The door closes softly behind you. You breathe a sigh of relief until a steel barred gate crashes down over the door. Ah! The scream of the evil knight rings out. Welcome to my nightmare. He bellows. You turn your head left, then right. This isn't a cottage. You cry. It's a dungeon. Giant black rats scurry over your feet. Long-haired poisonous spiders scamper across their webs to hang down on your face. Heads without bodies float through the air. Clocks without hands scream out. Cuckoo! Cuckoo! A mud-slinging monster throws a glob of gooey stuff at you. You duck just in time. Thwack! It splatters against a stone wall. They're just throwing fucking everything at the wall in this one. Lightning bolts zap and zoot in the air above you. Vampire bats fly blindly through the iron bars of the gate behind you. No, this is not a cottage. This is a den of danger, a hall of horrors, an alcove of evil, the final frontier. Turn the page to 130. Because literally everything that I think we've encountered in all of the previous books we've read so far Uh are, um, are coming at us right now. It's a dorm of doom, and you're the only student. A ghastly light shines from somewhere above you. The yellow glow reveals a throne. On the throne is a woman. She smiles. I think this is the sorceress who started the spells in the first place. I think this is the end. Great. Are you the mighty sexton who will fight for right? She asks. Me? I'm just just a kid. You stammer. Put on the armor. The woman bellows. You feel something hard against your back. You turn and come face to face with a shining suit of silver armor. You gasp. One steely gloved hand holds a battle ass. Axe. A battle ass. A battle ass. (laughs) Oh, this really is your family crest. The Perry battle ass. One steely gloved hand holds a battle axe. The other hand holds a shield engraved with the Saxton family crest. Magically, the armor pops open. You don't know what else to do, so you step in. It closes in around you. 
You feel taller and stronger than you've ever felt before. The battle axe feels like a feather in your armored gloved hand. You look out from the silver face mask. The woman on the throne starts to laugh. Yes! Yes! She cackles. This is the way that Sir Edmund looked when he got what he deserved. And I'm the one who gave it to him. I'm the sorceress. So do you feel ready to battle? Or do you not think you're ready? I don't like the term got what he deserved, so I'm going to say I'm not ready. 164? 164. Everything's ready. The fight of the ages is about to begin. Wearing the armor of the good knight should give you courage. Instead, it's giving you a rash. You start to itch like crazy. I must have an allergy to silver polish, you think to yourself. You hear the wretched voice of the sorceress echoing inside your armored suit. Is she casting some kind of wicked spell on you? When spells come from a sorceress's kitchen, the evil knight shall start to itchin'. A suit of armor will not stay, the rash that never goes away. You rip your steel gloves off as fast as you can. You fumble at the hinge to your breastplate and manage to swing it open. You start to scratch, but it doesn't seem to help. You're itching all over now. Just then, you hear a horrible scream. Ah! Uh-oh. You say to yourself, Here comes trouble. The evil knight is here to fight, but all you can do is scratch. You might be itching for a fight, but it looks like this fight's been scratched. The, the end. end. Yeah, of course you're ready. Come on, this is like the end of the book. What do you mean you're not ready to fight? I wasn't ready. <laughs> so now you are tied for the most deaths in, in a book. That's correct. With Ben and Sam. Um, so I guess I picked my penalty correctly. I mean, the penalty wasn't supposed to be something to give you an advantage for the game. <laughs> I'm be I bet my next penalty is going to be an advantage for you, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not? Oh. The good knight's armor has armed you with more than a battle axe and shield. It's armed you with courage. This dungeon doesn't scare you. Show your face, evil knight. You shout bravely. You don't have to wait long. A giant figure steps out of the sickly yellow light. It is the evil knight. He is taller, darker, and more scary than ever. His eyes shoot flames at you. The flames hit your silver armor and heat it up on contact. His eyes fire at you again. Sweat pours down your face and neck. Inside the armor, barbecue pit, you're melting. The evil knight laughs as he raises his sword and swings it hard against your helmet. The vibrations from the metal on metal make your whole body shake. The evil knight swings again and hits you on the other side of your helmet. You're too stunned to move. Fight! Someone screams. It's the sorceress, the same one who created the evil knight and watched him defeat Sir Edmund Saxton. She's been waiting centuries for another showdown. Fight! She screams again. Fight! 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 Take a deep breath and go to page 54. You are dizzy from the heat and the force of the sword against the helmet. The sorceress's shouts are echoed by the other evil creatures in the dungeon. Fight! Fight! They all cry at once. They want to fight? I'll give them a fight. You say. The evil knight raises his sword again and prepares a slasher suit in half. This is the hit that is aimed to destroy you. You take one heavy step backwards. You raise your battle axe high over the evil knight's black armored helmet. He swings his steel bladed sword right at your stomach. Think fast. With the heavy battle axe raised over your head, you can't exactly duck. Instead, you pull your stomach back as far as it will go. You turn yourself into a human question mark. <laughs> <laughs> the mighty blow of the evil knight scratches across your armor with a ring, but it doesn't cut you. You still have the axe raised over your head. 
You lower it now with all your strength. Crash! In one swift motion, you bring the axe down on the head of your evil enemy. Ah! The knight in screaming armor screams, but this time he falls to the dungeon floor. He lies there motionless. Quick, find out if he's still alive on page 111. 111, run, 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 111, run, run, run to 111. The knight in screaming armor lies silent at your feet. You can't believe it. It's almost too good to be true, but it is. You turn to the sorceress and lift your battle axe in a salute to her. Then, thwack to your armored back. A powerful blow crushes you to your knees. It sends vibrations ringing through your armor at every one of your bones. The evil knight is not finished with you yet. The armor you wear is very heavy, but you manage to lift yourself back to your feet. You raise your battle axe again and wait for the chance to move in. Welcome to my nightmare. He said this. The evil knight bellows at you. But you've heard that before. If he thinks he's going to scare you away, he's got another thing coming. And he, in fact, he does have another thing coming. The sharpened blade of your battle axe. Ha! It's now or never. While he's still laughing his wicked laugh, you set your feet swing around in a full circle and release the battle axe like a frisbee. Almost in slow motion, it travels towards his face. It smashes into him in a burst of smoke. See Through the Vapors on page 136, the last page of the book, coincidentally. Ah! The evil knight screams again, but this time his screams slowly fade away. Through the smoke you see the heap of black armor shriveled up and turn into... into... a ball of tinfoil on the floor. From the throne in the corner the sorceress cries out, No! No! All the spells are broken! All spells are broken! You watch in amazement as her throne disappears. Her sorceress robes turn to rags. Her face grows older and older even as you watch. The evil creatures around you shrivel and vanish. The sorceress is nothing now more than a bent and withered old woman. Behold, Behold the ravages of age. The iron gate is gone. The darkness in the dungeon starts to lift. Then you hear pounding on the door behind you. Pound. Pound. Oh. It's just British money that's attacking that's attacking you from the corner. Yeah, yours says dollar, dollar, dollar. No, it's just it's still just pound, pound, pound. What could it possibly be now? Turn to page one twenty seven to find out. Hopefully the end of this fucking it's book. Be Kip and Abby. Kip and Abby burst through the door. What's happening in here? Abby shouts. We had terrible screams. Kip adds. Are you okay? You sit up. That's right. You sit up and push the covers aside. You're in bed! Back at home! At last! It was the knight in screaming armor. We had an awesome battle and I killed him! You exclaim proudly. I broke the curse and brought us home! What are you talking about? Not in screaming what? Oh, you mean that crazy story my grandfather used to tell? Well, how did you know about that? Kip! Abby! You shout. You have to remember, the evil knight was going to destroy all that was good unless a brave and noble Saxon could defeat it, remember? We fought against the evil knight. Wait, it... ours added we traveled to England. Oh. <laughs> the book already thinks you're in England, that's why. Oh, that's clever, because you would be reading this in the UK, so you didn't have to travel to England. You're already there. That makes sense. Yeah. You battled against the evil knight. Traveled to England. Abby says as she flicks her hair. In your dreams. But it wasn't in your dreams. And the proof is on your bedroom floor at Abby's feet. A small crumpled up scrap of metal. You almost didn't notice it. Except that it's steaming. Now you know that this story has come to a happy 
And, and yay! Seven deaths later, and you did it, Ryan. Seven deaths later, five shots of vodka later, and I did it. You beat the knight in screaming armor, and this book beat itself <laughs> as well. I did. I did. Well done. This was not an easy one. No, it wasn't. We So many journeys. We fought hedges, pixies, rocks that were people, people that were rocks. It was a lot of just unlucky things in this book as well. Like, yeah. Like, I, I had the choice to turn left or right twice and just happened to pick the wrong one. Yeah, that wasn't fair. This was a really, this was a really tough book. Um, and you now have um, 16 deaths um, on your hands. Yay! Yes, and you will also incur another penalty the next book that we read that is yours. And I promise it won't be a penalty that is going to impair your judgment. Yay! Although, even though, I still think you probably would have had, like, four or five deaths without the alcohol. Mm, I don't know. Because the jump one was a double death, and I wouldn't have done that one. You wouldn't have screamed? You would have jumped? I would have jumped, yeah. Because uh, it was an actionable thing, and I probably would have read more into the bell thing. Yeah, and your brain also said the, um, your brain also said... My brain really wants me to take a turn for the worse, which is exactly what needed to happen. Yeah. To get to the end. I can't believe you actually fought the sorceress. And also, I gave all my logic for not going up to that the piece of metal and going back to my cousins and decided to do it anyways, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen. What's crazy is the evil knight. You'll be hypnotized by the knight's sparkling medal and will have to face an ugly sorceress. You actually did have to do that exact thing. I did. So, uh, if you opened the good night crate, you would have discovered a room full of mannequin heads that talk. Before you know it, you'll have lost your head. Can you pull yourself together before time runs out? So that one would have been interesting too, but I, I like that you went to England, or in this case didn't go to England, you just, I don't know, went Remained down the road. in England. Went down the road, <laughs> went down the street for a pound, pound, pound. Ah, uh, so Ryan, good good job. Uh, you really took it um, on the chin. Cheerio, pip pip, and all that nonsense. Um, I can't believe I was able to read. That's, <laughs> that's what I was worried about. I was like, I've never drank and then had to actively read. <laughs> if anything, I think you did better. You made way less mistakes this time. I was highly focused <laughs> to just make on making sure I, I was paying attention. <laughs> Well, Ryan, I'm really impressed with what you did. The next book that we'll be reading will be Diary of a Mad Mummy, which will be book number 10. That'll be the book I'll be doing. Ryan, you said that you're going to hold off on my penalty until when we are just about to start reading. That's correct. So I don't have to practice. So you don't get to practice. Correct. That's so bizarre. Well... Everyone, I just wanted to thank you all for listening to the episodes that we've been doing. We've been doing this for um, nearly almost two months now, and we've gotten quite a few uh, amazing listeners. We've got some from New Zealand. We've got one from Ireland, um, which is not England. I just realized it's Ireland. Uh, but uh, we're really happy for our international listeners. We love when you guys respond to the Q&As and the polls on the Spotify that we have, and we are considering starting a Patreon soon, so um, keep that um, on your toes. We'll probably have that started within the next month or so, and we'll go into detail on what that will entail a little further down the line. I just wanted to let you guys know that that is going to be coming down the pipeline. 
So, Ryan, great job again. I mean, not great job. I mean, great job for me because now I'm a little... I have a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, what's the total now? Thir- 13, 13 to 16. 16. Yep, yep. So that gives me a little bit of a chance in the next one, but we'll see. Chances are in the next book, I am not going to make, make good, good decisions. decisions. We know that for a fact. <laughs> good night, guys. Good night. Let's go to your reunion now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh My Yod is an independently produced podcast by Adam Beauparlant and Ryan Perry. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Oh My Yod Pod and Facebook. Email us your questions and comments at ohmyodpod at gmail.com. Remember, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review you is always a A good decision. decision. (laughs) It's one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. Oh, I'm sure that's not true.